Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so today's case, we will be discussing the case of Angie Hausman. This case was requested by the beautiful Miss Holly. Okay. Heather's stepmom. (laughs) So thank you, Holly. But before we start, this case contains mention of sexual assault against a minor torture, child pornography, as well as a brutal child death. So please be advised and listener discretion is advised. Jeez, Holly, what kind of a case are you requesting here? Yeah, this one, I mean, I'd heard of this one, but I didn't realize all that went into this one. Um, That name doesn't ring a bell, but as with many others, maybe when you're telling me about it, I will start to remember. Yeah, yeah, because I think, I mean... This one's, it's not a local case, but it's, like, the St. Louis area. So, okay. um, to start, Angela Marie Hausman was born on February 18th of 1984 in St. Louis, Missouri. She was born to her mother, Diana Hausman, and Angie's biological father, Angelo DeAndre Jr., didn't have much of a relationship with his daughter, allegedly, but they said it was because of Diana's parents and uh, they didn't prove, approve of their relationship, but he was able to see Angie a few times while she was growing up. But also, he frequently sent money and gifts to her, which I think is important to mention because a lot of people don't. But when Angie was just a toddler, her mother, Diana, married Ronald Bone, who became Angie's stepfather. Ron and Diana eventually had a son named Ronald Bone Jr., making Angie a big sister. According to everyone, Angie was an amazing kid, smart, active, loving and compassionate, with an infectious smile. In 1993, Angie attended the fourth grade at Butter Elementary School in St. Anne, Missouri, which was considered a relatively safe area at the time. On November 18th of that year, Angie went to school like any other day. Every day, two adults in the neighborhood would watch kids get off the bus after school, kind of as a safety measure. But unfortunately, this day, both of the adults were busy, so no parents were there to make sure the kids got home safely. Angie got off the bus on Wright Avenue and St. Gregory Lane. It was right in front of, like, a church. There were eight houses between where the bus dropped her off and her house. But unfortunately, Angie never made it past the fifth house. She basically vanished into thin air. The kids in the neighborhood said that they didn't see where she went or if she went with anyone, They just know one minute she was there and the next she was gone. Weird. Yeah. After about half an hour had passed between the time that she was supposed to be home, her parents began to worry. Apparently, with how friendly Angie was, it wasn't uncommon for her to talk with friends and neighbors on her way home, but she would never be gone this long without at least coming back to tell her parents where she was going. Yeah. Her mom and stepdad walked the neighborhood looking for nine-year-old Angie with no luck. They went to the police and reported her as a missing child. Now, unlike some of the other cases that we've covered, the police seemed to take this case very seriously and very quickly. Neighbors and volunteers had spent hours looking for Angie. 
police dogs were also called and used to trace Angie's scent. Um, her scent was traced about halfway to her house before they lost it, which is when police assumed that she had been abducted in a car. At first, everyone, literally everyone, was considered a person of interest, even Diana and Ron. Diana, Angie's mom, was quickly cleared, but her stepfather was not. They had had him take a polygraph test in regards to her disappearance, and eventually he was cleared. Three days after her disappearance, on November 21st, with no leads, the FBI got involved in the investigation, and the missing case squad worked with investigators for the second time in history, though this case didn't really fit their criteria. I'm not sure what kind of criteria they have, but I feel like a nine-year-old that's missing is important enough, but um, they didn't specify why it, it was, like, so historic because they... Yeah. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. But anyway, the search continued, and investigators started receiving hundreds of tips from all over the state and the St. Louis area. One lead in particular was that of an attempted abduction a week prior in the same area. The girl the man tried to abduct, thankfully, was able to get away. Others gave the police a description of a man being sketchy. <laughs> they didn't say that, but, like, man being weird. Yeah. So, a man being sketchy in the area, driving... Like my catchphrase. I know. Tina's <laughs> Tina's going to love that one. They said he was, like, being, like, weird and suspicious in the area, and he was driving a blue car, but this lead, unfortunately, didn't get anywhere. As the search continued with no results... Psychics once again came into the picture. I just wish they would not. I will say one in particular said that she had a dream that Angie's body was at the August Bush Wildlife Area. And nine days after Angie was last seen on November 27th of 1993, nine-year-old Angie's body was discovered by a deer hunter in the August Bush Wildlife Area. Okay, well, I still... Wish that they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. This one know. this one just stuck out because it was almost in the exact spot. That they said. That they said. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I just want to, again, add the listeners to proceed with caution as this part is very disturbing. Okay. Um, Angie was found completely nude and tied to a tree merely 30 feet from the road. What? Yeah. She was handcuffed and had been gagged with a piece of her underwear um, and had duct tape covering her entire face, aside from her nose. She had ice chips forming on her body. The rest of her clothes were near her in a Dollar General bag. And after an autopsy was done, it was found that nine-year-old Angie was brutally sexually assaulted, beaten, starved, and dehydrated. Her attacker cut and dyed her hair, and it was believed that he held Angie for quite some time. It was actually determined that she was alive mere hours before being discovered and that she actually died from hypothermia. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, investigators were able to get a fingerprint from the duct tape, though, but unfortunately this got no hits. One clue that did tip off investigators was Angie's teacher, who said that Angie told her her uncle was taking her to visit the countryside which made absolutely no sense because there wasn't an uncle. Hmm. Um, yeah, and she never said who this uncle was to anyone. Yeah. Um, another potential lead took place four days after they discovered her body. This was when a young girl named Cassidy Center disappeared from Hazelwood, Missouri, which is about 10 minutes from St. Anne. Yeah. 
Cassidy had went to her friend Cassandra Quinn's house to play or ask if she wanted to play, but then unfortunately disappeared. Um, she was found dead in an alley nine days after after her disappearance, and she had been beaten to death. This one's like, oh. I know. Um, police thought that the two might be connected and that there was a serial predator on the loose, but later in February of 2004, Thomas Brooks, who was the uncle of the friend, Cassandra, was found guilty of Cassidy's brutal murder, and the two cases were determined not to be connected. With the FBI being involved, they were able to get one of their profilers to set up a description of Angie's killer. They determined that he was a white man between the ages of 20 and 45 who had recently lost his job and didn't get along well with females and was a loner. I'm sorry, how do we know all that? I have no idea. (laughs) I know that there is, like, that they can, like, determine... I started watching, I think it's called Criminal Minds or something. Yeah, there there is one in... They do kind of go through, like, how people know those things, or, like, they go through, like, the guy says, oh, well, because of this behavior, that tells me this or this. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense in my brain. No, it doesn't It's like counting cards in Vegas. Like, I don't get it. Right, and I'm just like, okay, like, but, like, knowing that he recently lost his job, and, like, this is his age, I, like, I know that there's, like, actual science behind it, but. Yeah, me too. I just. It's just beyond me. Yeah. And so, like, I haven't... I only watched one episode of Criminal Minds, but I know that... I think that's what that entire show is about. I think so, too. I I don't watch it religiously, either. Um, I've watched it a couple times while I was babysitting, which was a mistake, because I was in a stranger's house at nighttime. Oh. So, they released this profile to the public and in no time had thousands of leads. They took these leads and narrowed it down to about 500 men. All of these men at one point were considered a suspect in Angie's case, but every 500? single... 500? 500. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of suspects. Yeah. But it, I mean, from what I, what I read, that there was like hundreds of people at one time working on this case to wow. try and find her, her killer. Um, so they narrowed it down to 500 and every single one of them was eventually ruled out due to one thing or another. There were a few people who fit, but were determined not to be... One person even confessed to Angie's death on his deathbed. Now, I can't find if he was on his deathbed in prison um, when he died, but they did rule him out as he was in prison when Angie was murdered. Um, (laughs) Yeah, which... Okay. You would think that... I don't know. And I know we had talked before about how people just want to try to, like... Yeah. You know, take credit for all of these things. It's crazy. But Angie's case, unfortunately, went cold for years, and St. Anne was no longer safe, especially knowing that there was a murderer on the loose. I will add that the school, along with Angie's neighborhood, took precautionary steps after her death, like using the buddy system. That is still something we use today in our town, or at least it was used by my friends at our local public school. I don't know if that's something they had for you. I mean, I don't know. I definitely, like, I don't I don't remember a time where they said you always need to go on pairs, you know? But, like, we did talk about, we talked about the buddy system in Girl Scouts. Oh. But I don't remember talking about it at school. See, and I don't know, so my friend, 
walked home from school. My, my neighbor, mm-hmm. um, she walked home from school because we live so close to the school. And they had her, like, do the buddy system to make sure she so always... So probably because I rode the bus. See, yeah, that makes sense. See, I, I went to private school. For everybody listening, we didn't have the bus system. Like, yeah. your parents literally picked you up and dropped you off. Yeah. So I didn't know if that... I, I knew... know in Girl Scouts, it was like, if we went on a hike or something, we had to go in pairs or even in a group of three. Hmm. And then if somebody got hurt, one of the three would stay with the person who's hurt and the other person would go try to find help. See, now I kind of wish I was in Girl Scouts. It seems like you have good life lessons. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, another thing was, oh, well, I mean, I feel like this is pretty obvious because this was in Stranger Danger. It was like a huge thing. But um, after Angie's death, parents in the neighborhood never let kids out of their sight. And on top of all of that, police patrolled um, watches in the area as well. Angie's case was met with no updates until 2001 when a na- when a man named Corey Lynn Fox confessed to murdering Angie. He had a bunch of details about her death down to what type of underwear she was wearing, and this was one of dozens of murder confessions that he made. Hmm. Yeah, one of them, this was weird. One of them was the Missouri Governor Mel Carnahan, which makes no sense. One, once again, because um, they died in a plane crash. Yeah. So that made no sense. And all of the other murders that this man had said he committed were also proven to be made up or not true. And they think that he got his details from press conferences or newspapers when Angie was first found, which... I don't know what kind of sicko would confess to that stuff, especially yeah. like if they didn't do it, but I feel like they need That's to be really evaluated. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's just like, especially like I could understand if you're in prison and you want to be like, yeah, like I robbed a bank and I got all this money. Like that would be one thing, but like to be like, I murdered somebody or especially well, a also, child. Yeah, it's also one thing to say, yeah, I did that. It's another thing to, like, memorize all the details. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, disgusting. But, but they, but they figured, they decided that he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, This one, along with, like, every other one that he, because they said there was, like, dozens mm-hmm. that he confessed to, were, like, made no sense. Like, him saying he murdered the governor, but the governor died in a plane crash, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but what if this was the only one that was true? Well, I don't I don't think they just went off of that, but I think they probably did what they did with the other one where it's like, okay, where was he at the time yeah. of the murder and stuff like that. Yeah. But just like that, her case went cold again. Her memory was honored and news continually ran her case looking for tips in St. Louis. They did this for years. Also during this time, Angie's mom had two more kids that never got to meet their older sister. Her family was obviously devastated, especially with no closure on who did this to their daughter. Angie's family remained in the same house she grew up in, and her mother mainly kept to herself, slipping in and out of depression for years. She lived in her house with her doors locked and her curtains closed, as anytime she saw a bus or kids on their way to school, she would break down. As time passed, they moved out of this home and donated most of Angie's belongings, except for a few of her favorite things, like her bike. But still kept the, por- but they still kept the porch light on for Angie. 
Her mom finally started to grieve and was able to get her life back on track again. Unfortunately, this brings us to 2016 when Angie's mom unfortunately passed away from cancer, never knowing who did this to her daughter. I know. <laughs> Not a fan. I know. No, um, I'm never a fan of that. Yeah, but... It makes me mad. We do have... This is... this. I don't even want to say this is the start of a good news because this is never good news, but in 2000... Huh? Do we know who did it? Yes. Okay, thank God. I've been wondering this entire time, and I was like, please make make it to where I don't want to go to bed and not know. Yeah. I, I do. I don't want to say, oh, like, it gets better. Because no, it's definitely it not good news, but I am glad that we know. It progressively gets, like, I don't even, it, like, just, it just gets worse. Um, In 2018, the St. Charles County Police wanted to reopen and look over Angie's case with a fresh set of eyes, and a year later, in 2019... They did DNA testing on the evidence from the crime scene. They used Angie's underwear and were able to get DNA of a male suspect. This is when they put it in, like, CODIS. And DNA matched to somebody who was in federal custody. (sighs) 25 years after being brutally murdered, there was going to be justice for Angie. On March 1st of 2019, police said they identified Earl Cox as the killer. Born in 1975 in Missouri and graduating from Jennings High School, he enrolled in the United States Air Force, where he worked as a computer operator and was even stationed in Germany at one point. In 1982, Earl was court-martialed, which is like military convicted, like their court. Um, He was convicted of sexually abusing four girls under the age of 11 while he was in Germany. He was dishonorably discharged and given eight years at Fort Levensworth in Kansas. In 1985, he got out on parole and came back to the St. Louis area. He should have never gotten out. Mm-hmm. Just saying. In 1989, he was arrested in Overland after he took two seven-year-old girls to the movies and to the park, which happened to be right behind Angie's school. And even though he had served time for sexual assault, his case was dropped due to lack of evidence. In 1991, however, him being arrested was enough to get him locked back up for violating his parole. And he went back to Fort Leavenworth, where he was again released in 1992. And again, returning to the St. Louis area. On November 18th of 1993, Earl was driving to his sister's house near Angie's bus stop. This is when his car allegedly started acting up, so he pulled over to try and see what was going on. He said it was at this point that he saw the school bus stop and saw Angie get off the bus. Earl asked if she was hungry, and Angie said she was hungry, as well as cold, and then got in Earl's truck. He then took her to Burger King and got her food, and then drove her around before eventually taking her back to his home, which was a mobile home where he had a live-in girlfriend. This is where he held her for eight days, brutally assaulting and starving and torturing her, until he then left her to die in the freezing cold in the Bush Wildlife area. Police spoke to the woman, who was his girlfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. but she said she had no idea that Uh, Angie was there and that Earl wouldn't let her go in the back bedroom. She said she was scared of him and that he was very manipulative, which is how they think he convinced Angie to get into his car. Yeah. 
During the initial investigation, Earl's name did come up as he was on the sex offender registry, but they didn't look into him because he wasn't listed as a repeat offender. And I guess his parole officer and his family thought this was a one-off incident and he changed his life for the better. I have a question. Yeah. She told her teacher that she was going to the country with her uncle. Had she ever met Earl before? See, that's why I'm not 100% sure. Because I said, like, allegedly his car just, like, broke down. Mm -hmm. I And the issue is is that it never came to light if he had, like, groomed her into mm -hmm. this situation. Um, it, I mean, it kind of sounds like it if she was telling people that. Yeah, and I think it was one of those situations where they didn't know if it was just, like, kids making up stories. Right. Or if it was something where they had met before. Um, obviously, I'm not going to believe everything that this disgusting human being says. Right. Um, he also said that he had, like, between the time of her murder and the time of his arrest or being caught, he had multiple strokes, which he said affected his memory and affected what happened during this crime, which, mm, no. Um, I mean, if he legitimately had strokes, sure, but... I feel like... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you could ever forget something that horrific that you did to somebody, but... Well, especially if you're giving that many details. Right. Yeah, so... Kind of weird to say, I don't remember, and then also tell an entire story, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a lot of the stuff he said honestly didn't add up, but, oh, okay. um, like, in court. Mm -hmm. um, also, a lack of evidence at the time was why they didn't, like, look further into him. This is just... Okay. After Angie's murder, Earl lived in Ferguson until 1995 before moving to Colorado where he then started a child pornography ring called the Shadows Brotherhood that gained uh, attention and was known internationally. I don't think... That's terrible. Yeah. In this ring, the users were given access to child sexual abuse on a quote-unquote reward system. This meant that the more child abuse materials they shared to the site, the more access they would have to materials from others. This was until 2002, when an FBI agent contacted Earl, posing as a 14-year-old girl. Earl sent the FBI agent, who he thought was a 14-year-old girl, right. $60 for a train ticket to meet him, and then told her he wanted to um, F her, spank her, and use her as a sex slave. This concluded in a sting operation, and he was arrested at a restaurant where he was supposed to meet this 14-year-old girl. After his arrest, they found over 45,000 sexual abuse images of children, along with loads of digital evidence that pointed Earl to being the ringleader of this entire thing. The ring was actually planning something called a teddy bear picnic, which was for members and they were going to meet at a farm in Missouri. So literally have a pedophile party in our state. No, I looked you. to try and figure out where this farm was. They didn't. I couldn't find information on it. Oh, they need to get out. Yeah. And I, I mean, since they had all this evidence, I'm like, 
uh, assume that they know where it is and like put eyes on it or something but like i would like to know where it is to avoid exactly at all costs or Hmm? (laughs) i said and or burn it down right and it's like literally like there was gonna be a pedophile party in our town or not in our town in our state somewhere yeah so that just like that literally like makes me sick to my stomach well all of that everything that he had put together and i don't know it's very disgusting yeah um it gets more disgusting because how was that possible because he was tried in federal court in 2003 10 years he only got 10 years oh for all of that um for literally like being the ringleader of a pedophile ring so that was before they figured out this was before they really connected him to being a murderer okay but still like 10 like 10 years for one he was already a pedophile should have never seen the light of day again but like he had over forty five thousand child pornography things and you and literally was trying to like get a literal child 10 years that anyway he got 10 years um and along with him over 60 men around the world were also arrested for their participation in child sexual assault and child pornography i'm glad that they found some extra people which i know that they didn't get them all Mm -hmm. but maybe they got the most horrific of the group hopefully yeah i hope that they got more than 10 years but i i don't know you would think that since he was supposed to be the since they said he was the ringleader that he would have got the brunt of it yeah i'm just saying i'm glad that several other people were off the streets yeah you know right um in october of 2012 earl was supposed to be released from prison but a judge thankfully had some sense and determined that he was a dangerous person and committed him under the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act of 2010. Earl remained under civil commitment until 2019. Civil commitment is like being put in a mental institution against your will. Hmm. Right. So he wasn't in prison, but he was locked in a mental institution. Well, I'm glad he wasn't in the general public. I feel like he should have stayed in prison. But he was there until 2019. And this is, of course, when the DNA evidence mm-hmm. linked him to the brutal rape and murder of Angie Hausman. He said after her murder, he had several... Well, I already said that. He had several strokes that affected his memory. And he even said that he left her in the woods hoping someone would find her alive I don't, nobody believed that. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say. He had If you want somebody to find her alive, there are lots of other places that you could take her. Right. Or Not in the even, middle of the woods where you don't expect somebody to walk through. Yeah, and her entire face was duct taped. And she was tied to, if, and, and I'm not saying that obviously that like, this is horrible, but like, if you really like felt bad for what you did and wanted her to just go away, drop her in a park somewhere. Like, or... Fire station. At a, exactly, a hospital, fire station. Police station. There Anything are lots like that. Of there are lots of options. Well, they think... School, even. Well, they, they think... Heck, a Walmart. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> Literally anywhere. Any, even on the side of the road. There will be some good Samaritan somewhere to help her, but not in the middle of the woods. So they said in court they believe that he obviously didn't try yeah. to want her, but they, they believe that he did this the way he did because it was winter and he thought that by the time somebody found her, she would be unrecognizable and right. unable to obtain any DNA. But nonetheless, Earl was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for his crimes against Angie. They initially tried to get the death penalty, but he ended up doing a plea bargain and confessed to all the horrible things that he did. So they just chiseled it down to life in prison. This was in August 2020. So finally... Without parole, right? Huh? You said life in prison without parole? Yeah, no parole. So finally, 27 years after Angie's murder, she got justice, even though her mom was not here to see it. A year later, in March of 2021, Earl pled guilty to the sodomy of another young girl about four years before Angie. He pled guilty to four counts of sodomy with a victim under the age of 14, though an Alfred plea, which we've talked about before, which means like he pled... He's like, I'm not guilty, but I know you have enough evidence to convict me of it. So I'm pleading guilty, but I'm not actually saying I'm guilty. Which is stupid, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. I had never even... We talked about it. um, I don't remember. I don't remember what case it was. But I believe it was Pam Hup? She said she was... Oh, I don't remember. I think that was... I know that... I don't, don't... Don't quote me on that. I believe it was Pam Hub who took the Alfred plea, which was like the first time in history it had been revoked or something like that. Hmm. And I, I could be wrong. It was one of the cases that we did. Um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I don't, I don't pay attention to you. I just do not remember. And maybe you said that and I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, it's just like, it seems confusing. I mean, like, good if it gets people to be put in prison, but I'm just like. If you have yeah. the means to convict them and you have the evidence when you just convict them, no matter what they say. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's like legal mumbo jumbo that makes it make sense. I'm not a lawyer. Because of this, he received an additional 10 or 40 years. Multiple places said he received an extra extra 10 years. Multiple sources said he received an extra 40 years. Honestly, it doesn't matter because that would be on top of his already life sentence. So mm-hmm. he's going to die in prison either way. And thankfully, this means that he no longer has a chance to be free again, and he will die in prison. Earl is currently 64 years old and residing at the Southeast Correctional Center in Charleston, Missouri. Hmm. Since Angie's death, many laws have been passed regulating sex offenders, and I fully believe that if these laws, along with things like the Amber Alert system, if they were in place um, when she was still here, it's possible that she would still be here today. And not even if not that, that her mother could have seen justice before she passed. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To think that if those were in place, her situation would have turned out differently. Because that means that the next child that is targeted mm-hmm. can be saved. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate that they weren't there for her. Right. Right? Like, obviously, I wish that she could have been saved, too. But hopefully that means someone else is saved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like, I'm very glad, especially like, with the child sex charges, that we're not giving pedophile ringleaders 10 years anymore. 
like I feel like now with all the laws that we have like that would that would be like life in prison you know I have no idea I don't don't I mean of course I don't I don't know for sure I'm not a judge but like I feel like in today's society like I don't think they would let them off that easy which I don't know about legally but I do know like society definitely would not Oh, yeah. You'd be run out of town. Right. Oh, and, and even even things like, you know, when I was in school, my parents were able to, I mean, and it's way more advanced now, my parents were able to get on the computer and literally pull up a map of our neighborhood or our town mm-hmm. and see pinpoint each place where a sex offender lived. Mm-hmm. Back then, they didn't, they didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, you might have been able to get a printout from the police department, but... Now it's like you can pull up their name and addresses with a few clicks. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think things like that definitely um, make a big difference in cases like this. Yeah. I personally think, I mean, like you said, maybe she was just saying weird stuff to say weird stuff because kids say weird stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if what she said had any truth to it, I feel like that means he stopped by her house several times before. Right abducting her and I feel like that makes the most sense because she was with a group of kids and then for her to just be snatched and none of them notice like I feel like she would have had to just be super comfortable to like walk up to somebody and just like hop in their car you know what I mean right and I know like her biological father after the conviction said that he knows there's more to the story and he wished that People would just, like, come out and, like, say what truth they know. And it was very vague and very confusing. But, like, he basically said he knows there, there's more to this story and he just wishes that he could find, like, the real truth. Yeah. Um, her stepfather, when he got asked what he if he thinks that Earl deserved the life sentence, his reply was an eye for an eye. Mm. Which I agree, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that was the horrific case of Angela Hausman. I had not heard of that. I had heard of it. I didn't know it went that far because I had yeah. heard of it when it when it was uh, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, when it was solved. Yeah, but I didn't like look. I didn't know all the horrific things that yeah. had happened. I had not heard about it. It's crazy. I mean, I feel bad for the hunter that had to find that. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, what a terrible sight to see. Right, and I know, like, with some where it's like, okay, like, they never found their body. Mm-hmm. I know that's hard, but it's like they have her body, but they still didn't have. And I feel so horrible, like, her mom never, like, even though they, they you know, mm-hmm. knew what happened, they still never truly had closure. And I feel like that's why, right. you know, she had such a horrible time with it. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that. He felt bad and wanted her to be found or any of that. Like, he seems like a psycho person. And for his family to say, well, we thought he was better. So he's manipulating his girlfriend and is terrifying to his girlfriend. And he's finding other children prior to Angie. And also has this giant pornography ring. And in Germany was targeting children like I don't understand how his family had no suspicions I feel like you would have to be concerned right about 
his mental well-being one way or the other, even if he was really good at hiding what was going on with, like, the child pornography. Like, if he's abusive to his girlfriend or... Right, and it, it was very vague about her. The article did say that, like, she was an immigrant. She didn't. She spoke very broken English. Okay. And so... I didn't want to say, oh, like, oh, like, she had, I don't, I really don't think that she knew. I think that she was in an abusive situation. That's why, you know, sometimes where it's like, that was literally, like, with, um. No, I believed, when you said that she was too scared to go back in the back room, Mm -hmm. I believed you right away. Like, I think that she was being genuine. He seems like somebody that would be scary. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So. I never had any doubts that, like, she was hiding anything. It was just that, like, when his family said we thought it was a one-off thing, it's just unfortunate that either they felt that way or they wanted to feel that way and pretended like it was that way. Whatever the situation is, it's unfortunate that they weren't in a position where they were able to stop it. Right. And I feel like there's certain things, like if you steal a car, that's not a good decision. Yeah. Hey, it's a one-off thing. Right. 11-year-olds? You have to be four, messed up. Yeah, four, four 11-year-olds. That's that's not one of those things where it's like, oh, man, they just had a bad night. No. No. So, and I don't, I mean, I don't have anybody in, like that in my life. I don't think if I knew anybody that was like that, that I would just be like, oh, yeah, like, I don't think you could ever look at somebody that did that the same way again. No, I don't think so either. So. And I don't think that you would, I mean, I don't think that you could ever push it out of your mind. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. to say, well, I thought he was better. I feel like it would always be in the back of your mind. Right. And I just wanted to, I mean, obviously I don't know detail, but I want to know if he had, like, nieces and nephews. Yeah. You know? And and they, I I know that there has to be more that he did other than these couple times he got caught. Yeah. Because, you know, disgusting. I'm so glad he's off the streets. Me too. For sure. But our, our condolences go out to... um the Hausmans and her her dad. Yeah. And I I mean, I'm sure her class classmates that had been horrific for them as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, her siblings and her stepdad and her dad have all got some sort of closure knowing that there's justice for the person who did this to her. But I'm sure that it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. And I wish that her mom was here and able to know and it's unfortunate that she died not knowing and that she struggled with it for her whole life right i can't imagine you wouldn't struggle with it for your whole life though mm-hmm. especially something that horrific that's not just losing a child that's a whole nother level i feel like right especially on that level right and All also that other things that, that other girl it's just like the other nine-year-old that was being to death that yeah. they thought might have been connected. It just, there's some sick, sick people in the world. Definitely. That is something this podcast has taught me. Yeah, and I'm very sorry. It's okay. Yeah, so thank you um, again, Holly, for requesting this. I'm slowly but surely getting through all their requests. I literally have an entire book full of them. She really does. Yeah, so. She has them all written down. So don't worry, she will not forget about you. I know, and I feel so bad because there's some that are so old, but it's like, there's, so many of them. Mm-hmm. I just don't want people to think that I'm like for that I am like skipping their case. Like we're slowly but surely chugging through the whole book. Yeah. So 
Okay, well, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you haven't already, please follow our TikTok and our Instagram and our Facebook accounts. And we will all be back together with a new episode next week. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.